0: BPG 1103 Introduction to Psychology in Social Psychology Social Influence, Conformity, and Obedience Do you know that this society and culture in which we grow up, it has a deep influence on our behaviour? Society and culture teaches us to believe in certain things, feel in certain ways and to act accordingly. However, the majority of us are largely unaware of the strong influence of society and culture in our lives, especially the way we behave. Imagine that you have volunteered to participate in a psychology experiment on perception. You find yourself in a room with six other participants. First, all of you are shown a card containing three lines labeled ABC and are asked to choose the line that is the closest in length to line X. You are then asked one by one to say your answers out loud. At first, everyone agrees on the correct answer. However, on the third trial, the first participant responds with an obviously incorrect answer. You know that line A is correct but she says line B. When the second, third, fourth and fifth participants also say line B, you really start to wonder whether you are wrong and maybe they are right. What do you think you would do at this point in the experiment? Would you stick to your initial answer, line A, or would you go along with the group, confirm and say line B as well? In the original version of this experiment conducted by Solomon Ash in 1951, Six participants were actually actors or helpers of the experimenter who were asked to answer incorrectly on the third trial. The actual purpose of the experiment was to investigate the degree of conformity or changing one's behaviour as a result of real or imagined group pressure. It is possible to understand conformity better by exploring these three factors normative social influence, informational social influence and Reference groups Obedience. Obedience can be defined as a type of social influence in which an individual follows direct commands, usually from someone in the position of authority. Imagine you have volunteered to participate in a psychology experiment on the effects of punishment on learning. You are randomly assigned to either the role of teacher or learner. Your role is teacher. As a teacher, you are instructed by the experimenter to give electric shocks to the learner when the wrong answer is given. The electric shocks start with 15 volts and go up to 450 volts, which is extremely painful but causes no permanent damage to the recipient. Do you think you would follow the experimenter's instructions and give electric shocks right up to 450 volts? Do you know what factors influence obedience? Researchers have found that there are a few factors that lead people to absolute obedience, like holding the authority figures responsible instead of themselves, accepting that the behaviour they are engaged in is routine, avoiding being rude or offending authority figures, and the tendency to obey simple commands first and then feeling obliged to follow more difficult commands later, which is a process called entrapment of foot-in-the-door phenomenon. Closer, sure Social cognition, attitudes and attribution. Social cognition refers to the way in which we interpret, analyze, remember and use information about the social world. More often than not, our interpretations of the social world are less than accurate and our ability to think clearly about other people in order to make accurate decisions or judgments about them are far from perfect. Attitudes An attitude can be defined as a learned predisposition to respond cognitively, affectively, and behaviorally to a particular object. The object can be anything from a book to people, death and politics. We are not born with attitudes, rather they learned. Essentially, we form our attitudes through direct experiment and through indirect observation. Attitudes also have three major components cognitive, affective and behavioural. The cognitive component consists of thoughts and beliefs such as death is not the end of life. The affective component involves feelings such as fear of what comes after death. The behavioral component consists of predispositions to act in a certain way towards the object. We have a strong need to feel that our attitudes are in sync with each other and our attitudes and behavior are consistent. When this harmony is disturbed, we feel troubled and are provoked to change either our attitude, beliefs or behavior in order to to restore the harmony. This concept is known as cognitive dissonance theory. Attribution As we try to understand the world around us, we often look for explanations for people's behavior. What are the reasons for the high level of obedience in Milgram's experiment? When we offer an explanation of for behavior, we attribute it to something. There are a few criteria for attribution. Essentially, we attribute behavior either to internal or external causes. Did the person act that way because of personal characteristics, motives or intentions, or from some situational demands or environmental pressures? We can answer the internal-external question by applying these three criteria, consistency, consensus and distinctiveness. When consistency, consensus and Distinctiveness are all high, we tend to make external attributions. Where else when consensus and distinctiveness are low while consistency is high, we tend to make internal attributions. However, how do we make such attributions when we lack time and information? Most of the time we rely on mental shortcuts. One common mental shortcut that is used is called as fundamental attribution error. People are more likely to attribute behavior internally rather than externally. This is simply because human factors are more noticeable than situational factors. Salency bias helps to explain why people often blame homeless people for their position. The danger with adopting a salency bias is the tendency to blame the victim. Interpersonal attraction. Interpersonal attraction refers to one's person's evaluation of someone else along a dimension that ranges from strong liking to strong dislike. There are a number of factors that explain interpersonal attraction, like physical attractiveness, proximity, and similarity. Aggression Aggression refers to the intentional infliction of some form of harm on others. Why do human beings act so aggressively and violently towards each other? Instinct theorists suggest that human aggression stems from innate tendencies to be violent towards each other. This view was supported by Sigmund Freud, among others. Freud believed that aggression stems mainly from a powerful death wish possessed by everyone. According to him, this instinct is first aimed at self-destruction, but is soon redirected towards others. Pro-social behavior. Have you ever wondered why people sometimes provide help to total strangers and sometimes stand back and do nothing? Social psychologists are interested in identifying the various factors which determine who is most likely to help under what circumstances. Essentially, the goal is to understand and predict pro-social behavior. A pro-social act can be defined as an act that benefits another person, but has no direct benefits for the person helping The major inspiration for investigating pro-social behavior Was the real-life murder of Kitty Genovese of New York in 1964 For more than 30 minutes, 38 people watched a murderer talk And stabbed a woman, but did not call the police Only 20 minutes after the whole incident was over and she was dead The first call to the police was recorded The caller was a man who did not want to get involved Why is it that people did not help? Was it simply because they were heartless and unkind? The truth is, by not helping, you can avoid a lot of potential problems for yourself. Also, the bystander effects occurs when there are a lot of people that could possibly come to the rescue. Most of the time, however, nobody comes to the rescue because everybody assumes that somebody else will do it. When faced with an emergency, a bystander must go through five crucial steps involving decisions that either inhibit or enhance the likelihood of a pro-social response. According to Barron and Brian in 2000, a bystander must notice the emergency, correctly interpret what is occurring, assume responsibility for providing help, have the necessary skills and knowledge to help and finally decide to provide assistance. Another important question that is asked in relevance to pro-social behaviour is is there any pro-social act truly unselfish? Do we provide help purely on the basis of altruism? Or is our motivation to help based at least partly on egoism? There is no concrete answer to this question. But researchers have found that empathy is the key to helping behaviour. Empathy refers to our ability to feel what the other person is feeling. When you do not feel empathy, then you start weighing out the benefits of helping against the cost of helping.